0: Hello and welcome to the Confident Commit, the podcast for anyone who wants to join the conversation on making software delivery better and faster. If you're looking to build a and chip, tune in.
1: confidently commit.
0: I'm your host, Rob Zuber, CTO of CircleCI, the industry leader for all things CI and CD. Today. As promised, I'm joined by one of our very own, Ashlyn Conroy, who is responsible for product marketing, competitive intelligence, industry analysts, and many other things, actually, at CircleCI, and so has a fantastically broad perspective uh, of the industry that we operate in, the history of the things that we do, how many, many different people think about the space. Uh, And I think it's going to be just an awesome conversation about how the space has evolved and where we're headed next. Thanks so much for joining me, Ashling. It's great to have you.
1: Delighted to be here. Thanks, Rob.
0: Yeah, you bet. Wow. I'm excited. I'm talking about kind of CD, how we got here, you know, where we're trying to go, the problems we're trying to solve, et cetera. I'm super excited to get your your vantage point, you know, again, looking at the whole space, looking at many of the different products that are out there and how people think about it. So can you kick us off with just a little bit of kind of background, how you think about it, and then a little bit of, um, you know, what you've seen happen up to this point?
1: Sure, sure, can do. I mean, um, so uh, maybe it's helpful to know, like, my own perspective on this market. So, like, as as Robbie said, like, I'm coming from this, uh, from looking, uh, how markets evolve, um, how competitors do things differently. Um, and what, what I'm really, what I get really excited about is just seeing how trends develop over time. And what's particularly cool about um, the space that we're in um, is just how rapidly things can evolve and change. So we're in a very new market, I would say, comparatively to, to other types of um, products and spaces. But even within that short amount of time, we've seen a lot of um, trends come and go, um, competitors come and go. And um, uh, I think what's really nice about it is that um, because there's a relative low barrier to entry or a relatively low risk um, barrier for companies, it's very easy for um, different types of companies to get an idea, see if it works, um, test it out, uh, try some messaging and, and evolve from there. Um, so in terms of um, the overall market as we look at it today, what's all, what I also really like about this market is that um, it's not just uh, every company that's trying to offer a solution in the market is coming at it from the same perspective. We have people who are very focused on the issue of CICD. And then you have um, other vendors who are doing many things of which one is CICD. And when you have different perspectives moving into solving a problem, you always end up with different um, product offerings at, at, at coming out from that. Um, so that leads to um, a lot of different uh, features coming on stream at different times um, and uh, a lot of different ways um, and perspectives companies have at what problem they think they're trying to solve and what uh, what problems uh, they choose to prioritize to solve first. Um, so there's some of the nuances I really like particularly about CICD.
0: Yeah, well, I love that you led with, you know, the fact that we can experiment and try things. It's kind of why we do CI/CD, right? Like you would think if anybody should be good, At moving quickly, experimenting, getting things out into the market, it should be people who think about CI and CD a lot. So, if you if you look at the overall uh, market, then is there sort of um, something that's new or novel? A place that maybe folks are focusing. uh, I know you spend a lot of time with with analysts. Like, is there an analyst view of kind of what really matters in the big picture? Maybe what's driving a lot of people to be interested in the space.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, you remind me of um, uh, something I saw a, a while back. Um, I was at AWS reInvent a while ago, and I remember seeing there was one booth um, where they'd actually just taken a cardboard box and they had a Sharpie and they were like writing out a message and like holding it up to like just test out something new. Like that's just how fast it moves. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like to, to your question, I mean, there's kind of, two things with that. There's um, what what I see, the, the kind of investment areas or like the, the initiatives that companies are taking to be the most important thing this year. And then there's like what the analysts are saying. So if I was to split up um, the way um, we see uh, the market evolving this year, um, one really nice thing as well about our space is that it's so open. I mean, it, compared to other markets where um, you know com- companies really are keeping a very close to their chest what they're doing, I mean there there's product roadmaps everywhere on the internet. So like what what mm-hmm. um, what's happening in the market? So it's quite easy to see where the um, where the investments are going. And there's kind of two main high level areas where uh, where that is. Breaking down. So on the one hand, um, you have companies that are investing in trying to attract new users. So that would uh, result in things like um, having um, uh, creating new features that would maybe open them up to a new type of audience, maybe um, supporting new operating systems, um, or uh, just trying to add new features that uh, enable their. Um, customers to do something new. So that's on on one uh, side. On the other side, then you have um, people who are still focusing on um, the core uh, product that they have, but enhancing the the user experience. So that's where people are more so focused on increasing efficiencies, having better feedback loops, um, and maybe just making the product more accessible. So so like they're very high level two different ways we see um, people approach the market at the moment um and maybe from from an analyst perspective uh that's um see analysts have just such a super cool um position in the market because not only are they hearing um from companies like us and uh hearing directly from the companies that are making the products on like what they're doing why they're excited about it why they think it matters they also on the other side have um enterprise customers who are coming to them and saying i'm about to make like a million dollar investment that'll Chart the course of my next ten years, and I want you to help me do it. So mm-hmm. they feel the responsibility. Like with with great uh, power comes great responsibility. So on the one hand, um, they're trying to provide guidance to to both sides of that um, of that seesaw, um, and uh, they're hearing. Uh, very high level customer demands, and they're trying to feed that back to 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 ourselves and and to the market to say where they think the the market's going, where they know investments are going, uh, and um, trying to chart what they think will be best to evolve the market. Um, so that's it's two sides we see.
0: Do Do you think there's any disconnect at the moment between those two? I mean, there's always a little bit, but is there anything interesting that pops out in terms of? You know, maybe the the enterprise problem or a specific new set of problems, maybe uh, versus what what companies like us have been focused on
1: yeah and yeah that is a live problem absolutely there's always a little bit of disconnect but particularly now when there's just we talked about it's so fast the the things that are moving in the market and um, uh, you know we have uh, new capabilities from when uh, ChatGPT launched and people are starting to find out how they're bringing that into their products that was a huge thing that I think analysts knew were coming like they've been saying for a while in fairness uh, that um, this is something that's going to completely change um, how the, the, the market operates but maybe seeing the actual realities and practicalities of how people are um taking it on mm-hmm. is something now that they're massaging and seeing how that will um how that will now that we know what it looks like how that will uh, affect the next couple of years um and, and what we also tend to see is that there might be a, a starting hypothesis that um a, a analyst would have based on having conversations with um with their customers and then once they dig a little deeper they they adapt uh, so i mean uh, For example, um, I know uh, some companies have just been through their annual report process, so where they would have gathered a lot of vast feedback from a lot of different customers, um, asking them how they're using tools. And I know from talking to analysts, before the, the reports were, were done versus afterwards. Certainly their their perspective has changed and the nuances have come up uh, once they hear how people are really using tools and expecting to use tools. So yeah, it, it, there's constantly a little bit of catch up going on um, but I guess that's what makes us all uh, make sure that we're focused and we're, we're staying on point um, with, with all of the changes that are happening in the market.
0: Yeah, well that change in particular, I think is one where no one really knows where we're going or how it's going to end up. Everyone just knows there's a lot in flux. Um, And so a great opportunity to have that that sort of fast feedback, the tight communication, you know, analysts, customers, uh, providers. So when you think about, um, you know, providing tools in this space in general, you know, CI/CD, developer tooling as a whole, I I, I personally think the developer is a very interesting customer right? as a developer, as someone who spent a lot of time with developers. Is there anything um, that really stands out for you as being specific to this industry in terms of maybe isn't even different philosophically across products, but something that's consistent about the developer as a customer and what people really have to focus on to get the developer customer right?
1: it is a particular it's a particular segment it it's it, it's like you can liken it there's always analogies you can make d- depending on what market you're talking about but certainly um you would put uh the developer i think in a um in a very discerning customer space so this isn't just um selling uh you know um fast food or, or i mean i don't know what, what the right analogy is but like uh, this is um a space that uh Um, people care a lot of what they want to to work with Um, and uh, people have opinions on like how uh, if people have strong opinions on how they want the um, their experience to to play out with the products that they use um, they might have very specific nuances of how their processes and how um, uh, like tools need to feed into the um, processes that they have set up in their team. And so, uh, and that can be, while they can, while every customer can be discerning and while every customer can care, what that means in terms of the eventual tool that they use can be quite different. Um, So, you know, you can have certain teams where um, they're very, very passionate about uh, being able to, uh, Create bespoke and unique um, use cases uh, that fit specifically for the kind of things they do, and they might be doing something that's quite different from um, from any uh, developer teams. So they're looking for something that um, they'll be able to uh, manually tweak and change, and they want a lot of ownership on it. Um, then you have uh, other types of teams where you know uh, there's a, a huge level of um, confidence that they need to have in um, what they what they push out. So um, there's maybe more trade offs that they would make in terms of how the product worked, as long as they were really sure that uh, that the, they have the reliability of, of what they're what they're um, pushing out.
0: Well, I, I think it's it's actually really interesting that you mentioned the the fast food because this is going to be really weird, but I'm going to go with it for a second. Like, I fast food is a very easy build versus buy problem for many people, right? Like. I could go out and eat or I could just make something myself. And so I'm always making that trade-off and I'm trying to pick something else like my car, even I've always got like a musical instrument hanging behind me. It's a very small class of musicians who say, maybe I'll purchase the musical instrument that's available. Maybe I'll just make my own. But a software developer as a customer is basically, you know, to your point, they always have these sort of complex set of requirements that they're, they're thinking about and then would say, yeah, maybe I'll use yours, but probably I could just build it myself because it's such an unconstrained sort of consumer, right? Like I have the ability. Of course, it's a time and trade, you know, there's there's opportunity, cost, there's time and energy, there's investment. I'm not, am I really investing in the right thing? But I do think that provides like a specific, unique insight into that customer. Um, and so f- through that lens, like, is there anything that you see in the market overall where you know people are focusing more on that particular aspect of the customer like how do i work with a customer who does have this it's maybe more complex set of potential v- views of the world like they they're unconstrained in what c- they can do so how do i work with a customer who's who's unconstrained does that make sense
1: yeah yeah, yeah. and like i i think um it's interesting to see, like, you can almost see the design center that different companies have put as, like, this is the person I am making this thing for, um, in terms of, like, the, the product that they've created, because, yeah, it's either, um like uh, making it really easy for them to do what whatever it is they want and completely bizarre off the wall different kinds of s- situations or making it super simplified um uh you know like the, <laughs> the the fast food kind of kind of way of like just give me whatever just i need uh, i need sustenance and then move on um so th- there's a definite um difference uh there with it like sometimes i think of it like tomato sauce so like yeah like you can grow your own tomatoes and make your own delicious thing but there's a lot of effort involved um or you know like you have the organic uh you know like tomato sauce rob's tomato sauce company versus something you just pick up that's like a generic in the supermarket yeah and that, that there's also those parallels um to our space i think
0: yeah i well yes i think there's um one thing that I've thought about only recently, and which is interesting as someone who's been doing this for so long, but um, because I'll always say developers love to tinker, you know, like we love to tweak things and tune things and whatever, but we only love to do that when we want to, mm-hmm. right? When it's like I, just need, like, I just need sustenance, right? This is not my problem right now. I'm trying to do something else. Just give me some calories versus the thing I want to do right now is make My very own marinara sauce to go with these meatballs that I've been making all day or whatever. Like, those are two totally different things. And I think we exist in both of those personas and it's very contextual, right? Like, is this the thing that I consider to be the interesting problem right now? Or is this a thing that I need to be out of the way so I can go focus on the interesting problem? And it's, I I don't know if that's odd as a customer, but I think it's definitely interesting about about developers, because I always thought, oh, we love to, you know, to change things and manipulate things. But then I realized there's this very big split in behavior, again, based on that context. So um, is there anything like, like we talk a lot about C- obviously we talk a lot about CICD. I love CICD, but th- you know, we talk about software delivery on the whole uh, in the show. And I think as just a company that's delivering our own software, we think about it in the bigger picture. Is there anything um, in the overall delivery space that you think is, um, maybe AI and, and ML is a big part of that, but that's sort of shifting or creating an opportunity to think really differently about the way that you provide Software delivery, the way that people are you know approaching it um that's sort of testing our thinking or our models
1: yeah oh like well there's a there's a lot, but there's one that I think is um really unfolding right now which I think is is really cool is um over the last while um there's been kind of a debate between like uh pure code versus low code. And, and I think for a while there was a, maybe a non-significant amount of people who said, low code is just going to take over the world. And I think as um, that debate, and as, as we've those nuances and products have evolved, it's kind of now become more so um, there's there's definitely a world where everything's needed, like all approaches are needed. And even more so now that we have um, AI and ML uh, offerings coming into products, um, that we're starting to see that uh, the future will probably be that um, both exist, but they serve different uses. And something that I'm really interested to see uh, happen more and um, uh, some uh, like forecasts that I've heard uh, is that well, now we more so have traditional um, the, the traditional software team or people who have gone to college or who have gone to boot camps and like they're very versed in um, understanding coding uh, and, and to, to make uh, to, to deliver software. What we might see come more so in the future is that we start to have um, teams where uh, you have more of a maybe product manager being involved um, or maybe uh, being able to have um, people who are more customer facing involved who aren't software. Uh, engineers themselves maybe will never want to know how to be able to deal with software, but may have a quick fix or something that they think. I know right now that this customer needs this thing. If there is a way in a low code way that I could offer that change, um, there, there's more opportunity for collaboration and a kind of new hybrid team. Um, and I think that we're, we might only just be at the starts of uh, of how that starts to evolve and how people actually operate in that kind of model. But I think there's a lot of opportunity there for something like that, which is cool.
0: Yeah. Oh uh, yeah I love that. I think like one of the things we've experienced over the what are we now 12 years I guess as an organization is um there's a there's a fundamental problem that we're solving for which is people trying to deliver great products to their customers. And then underlying that there's all this shift in the capabilities that we have to go about doing that, right? I mean I I've been around long enough that we we were still managing memory you know, as we were trying to deliver great products to customers. And we've moved away from a lot of that, right? We build higher and higher levels of abstractions. And now the abstractions are almost fracturing, like using AI to generate low-level code versus, to your point, using low-code or like basically gluing together building blocks. Um, although I started programming with Excel, which is pretty much low-code, <laughs> like you're gluing together building blocks. And so at the end of the day, the goal is still the same. Right? I'm trying to build a great product. I'm trying to build that product for customers. So the fundamental objective, I think, doesn't change. But the tools that we're going to use to support and enable those teams, I think, will. And I do think, you know, to your point of a uh, PM, a stakeholder, whatever, being able to say, oh, I'd love to make this change. Right? Why do I need to get that like go talk to a product manager, have them, you know, analyze it and decide its priority and whatever, whatever, when we're talking about, yeah, I don't know, I love button colors is the example of like really simple things that might have an impact, right? Yeah. Um, and so do you, do you see anything in particular where, um, I don't know, I sort of just came up with that model in my head of, of fracturing, but where, where there are choices to be made around how we, how we build tools for folks who are you know approaching things in different ways or is it still a generalized problem that you know you can plug into i guess based on how you approach it
1: yeah i i mean in terms of what i um I see from how products are evolving or like looking at roadmaps, it is it is it seems like a consideration, but maybe we're still at the early stages of yes, because um I, I feel we're almost at that stage of like, Oh, that's a cool idea. Yeah, I'd like to be able to do that, but we're still not at the push of like people want it, people are hungry for it, we're ready, we have an idea. Um, so there there's still definitely an opportunity to see how that um or propose how that would might might work um in reality for teams. Um yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I do think one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot on that, like I I love the idea of layering up these abstractions so you can work with simpler things that are sort of, you know, pre-baked or or whatever you want to think about in a low-code space. But it feels to me like even low-code platforms are sort of designed by people who think like software developers, right? It's like control flow and objects and whatever, as opposed to I think like a designer, right? I think about how this thing should flow, not about kind of the underlying logic. And I don't know what it would look like to make that transition. Or I think even at a higher level, I think like the consumer of this product, right? Like um, I'm trying to think of so- well, I mean, I talked a little bit about music, but like music mixing software, right? I don't know how to write software, but I know a lot about music sorry one i actually know how to write software but you get the idea so someone who do, who just understands music thinks about the structure of music very differently than you would think about a piece of software can we get to the place where someone like that can say no 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 that's not how a musician would think about it right change this around like this and move this over here and have it actually still be functional and then your software developers are maybe doing like digital signal processing down below that you know worried about like actually moving music around I don't know what that looks like, but I feel like it would change software delivery in some way.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And you're you're making me think of an example that uh, an analyst actually gave me. With like, you know, you're 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 in a factory. You're um making sure that you're optimizing um the uh, the flow of products through the um through the factory. And you come up with an idea. Wouldn't it be great if like you know what objects look like? You know, you know, if you change the orientation, I'm completely making it up now. That that's, that that would save you two seconds per transition. Like if you could just go and um maybe like uh, um, move something uh, in a very easy way, um, but that that would translate to a way that uh, the, the machine would operate differently. Like that's, that's what you want to be able to give that kind of level of control, but also um, uh, opportunity to, to people. Yeah, so I think a lot of really cool um, opportunity there.
0: Well, having worked in a factory where all of our <laughs> software systems were written in small talk, I'll just throw it out there for anybody that's listening that even knows what that is. Like, it was an entirely different department that built these in-house tools to do shop floor management. Like, if you had a small optimization, you just said, forget it, it's not worth it, you know? And it's exactly to your point. I mean, we were producing millions of dollars worth of hardware a day, and I'm sure it was worth it for the effort that it actually took, right? But for the effort of getting that effort to happen, it was just like forget it. We'll be fine, you know. Like we're we're fine. It's kind of, and you end up in this exactly to your point, like just stuck. You don't have the opportunity in front of you. you just don't even have a pathway um, to get there. Awesome. Well, anything else that you're super pumped about? That's uh, that's changing in our future here.
1: Well, like uh, a lot. I mean, uh, like definitely the amount of um, new types of companies, new types of problems that um, customers are solving is gonna push everyone to make better tools to, uh, to serve them. Um, so really just watching how all of these things are evolving and just given, like I said, like there's so many different perspectives on what people think are the most important uh, problems to solve, we're all gonna to get to see a lot of uh, ways people are addressing them and learn from each other. So it, yeah, it's a super exciting time in the market.
0: Yeah, I love that perspective. I see so many things happen where I just think, no, we solving <laughs> that. And then and then I'm often proven wrong. I'll admit it. I'm often proven wrong later when I say, oh, that's what they were actually trying to do. Oh, that's really cool. That actually changes the problem in a in a really, really big and fundamental way. Um, and we have to try a lot of things, many of which maybe were a little bit out there, you know, the um, certainly the number of JavaScript transpilers that we've built over the years feels like it maybe wasn't the best use of everybody's time. But we continue to do that and evolve technology and build new things. And then all of a sudden you have something that really changes the game for everybody. Um, and it's super fun to be along the along for the ride. Sure. Awesome. Well, thanks thanks so much for, uh, for joining me, Ashley. This has been awesome. I love the depth and the perspective of just everything that's happening around us. You know, we often get stuck in our own little spot but you know everybody's doing things differently in a way that can really open our eyes and help us think about new solutions to novel problems uh thanks to everybody else for tuning in today and listening uh if you want us to talk to someone in particular if you want us to cover a uh, a new or interesting topic for you find us on Twitter at circle ci and of course subscribe to the podcast uh at your podcast provider of choice We'll look forward to seeing you next time again thanks so much Ashling for joining me
1: It's a pleasure thank you
0: If you like what you heard today and want to learn more about building, testing, and delivering AI-enabled software, we've gathered all our best resources and tutorials into one place.
1: Go to circleci.com/ai-ml to explore and start learning. <laughs>